Welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio video artist, and master storyteller. And today we're going to Ireland. Yes, home of my ancestors. We're going to visit with Brian Scheel, a very accomplished music producer, and learn all about what's going on in that fantastic country, so green, Ireland. Strap up your seatbelts and let's go for a ride. Today, we are traveling across the pond here. Um, I just want to welcome uh, Brian Scheel, who is from Ireland. And um, this is really, uh, I got to tell you, Brian, this is a cool interview for me because I caught your video on Blast from the Past and I was totally captivated. So, Brian, welcome to Cheers. the Dharmic so much, Evolution. Yeah, it's great to have uh, my European friend on board and, and my probably blood brother from way back when. I don't know where and when, but I'm sure we're related somehow, some way. Absolutely. <laughs> Us Irish are all over the world. So. Yeah. Yeah, listen, Kevin, it's a pleasure to be on the show, and thanks so much for having me. Yeah, this is great. So listen, I just want to, before we get started, I have to share this with the audience because you put up this great video on the 80s, and we'll get into this a little bit later on the production and so forth, and you said you did the research on the keyboards that were so prominent during that era, and son of a gun, I look over and you've got the Yamaha DX7 2D, which is parked right to my left and is my yeah. still go-to <laughs> keyboard. I mean, I don't use all the sounds like I used to, but I, you know, yeah. I, I, I access logic and things like that. But, but anyway, I'm jumping ahead. So let me, um, let me start, Brian, with how did it all get started for you? You're a music producer. You've got an cr- uh, incredible um, resume here, but let's rewind the clock and go back to the beginning. How did it all get started for you? I think, Kevin, um, it initially started when I was, I'd say, around six or seven years old. Um, and it was a combination of, one, listening to uh, uh, the records that my mother would play in, in the car if I was going to soccer training or basketball training. And secondly, it was, I suppose, um, listening to different keyboard sounds. I was always attracted to what's that sound, you know? Um, I even distinctly remember when I was like eight years of age, if even, um, my cousin got, um, I think it was a Mariah Carey album or something. I heard this um, song, uh, she was singing it with Boys to Men. And uh, I just noticed distinctly that the snare was panned over to the left speaker. And I was, you know, in my seven, eight year old head wondering, wow, like, how, how does somebody do that? How, how, how does somebody change a sound to be just in the left speaker or the right speaker only? So I think from then, Kevin, it was kind of, it was in me. Um, I was always intrigued by uh, sounds and just sounds in general. Um, That's amazing I, that you were that young and you're noticing yeah. the, you know, the abs- you know, the panning of the sounds yeah, and where, yeah. they, where they are in perspective to the music. I mean, that's really, people, most people don't pay any attention to that. Absolutely, yeah. It's so that's, cool. The song was one sweet day, actually. I just remember it there, but um, yeah, it was it was since then. And then I uh, began. Uh, I used to get keyboard lessons with my uh, second cousin Dale Hennessy, and uh, I've been with him ever since. Uh, and I remember, you know, one of the first lessons I was, you know, switching through the keyboard to see could I find that sound, and it was that kind of DX7 sound. You know, that kind of it's like a belly sound, uh, tines, all that kind of thing. Uh, that kind of road sounds, um, and again, that that combination. Kevin, you know more about this than I will as well. But because you're, you know, you're in the industry longer than I am. But it's from my research doing this project, it was basically the combination of the acoustic piano 
with let's say the dx7 mark ii you know um, that, that was huge back then yeah, Mi- yeah. mixing sounds and combining that's, sounds together yeah. which which you know you couldn't duplicate that it was just you know that's what was that was the magic you know yeah absolutely yeah. so i was my mind was blown like i i completed this project in 2012 um as part of my thesis for my music production degree here in ireland so so when you say you completed uh it, it, that was the uh, blast from the past yeah, that was one of the I did two I did a thesis and one of one part was Blast and Popular Past and the other part was creating uh, an original internet radio session. So it was kind of um it was a it was a cool thing to do. Uh, it was kind of one of those more practical theses. Um and yeah, it was great to get the support from the college to do it. Um, so how long ago did you do the uh the internet radio when you had the idea? Uh, I initially started the internet radio idea in 2006. I think it was November 2006. 2006. That was kind of revolutionary, man. That was yeah, great. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, it's still going today. Um, but honestly, though, Kevin, I'm not too sure if internet radio works now. That's me saying it as a you know individual without a big backing from a financial company. Um, right. But uh, it taught me a lot about. Um, radio uh the way it's programmed i got a lot of uh experience in you know terrestrial radio stations here in ireland beat 102 103 um southeast radio kclr all these kind of local and regional radio stations so it kind of helped me in that respect um and then following on from that actually just to keep on the radio thing i had an um had a show on RTE Pulse, and RTE would be uh, Ireland's national broadcaster. Okay, uh, for, about, for about two years, so it kind of that developed into that, you know. So I did get something from it, but as it stands, the internet radio station is called Club FM. Uh, you can access it, access it still online, but I'm still really figuring out. Uh, can you uh, can you spell it? How do we get into it? Absolutely, it's triple w dot k l u b b f m dot com. Okay, and you you mentioned that you don't know if it really works, and why would you say that? Like, what doesn't work about it? Is I think it, it's, it's the it's the uh, it's not very user friendly. Now, maybe with the development of three G and all of these data. Um, networks from different phone companies and the fact that it's getting cheaper and cheaper it is easier to access it via an app but back in 2006 that wasn't really the thing you know yeah Um, and it just it doesn't there's nothing as um i suppose as simple as just being able to turn on your radio station in the car and just press like number three because that's your favorite radio station whereas online you have to you know back in 2006 you'd have to log on you'd have to have you know, a fairly decent connection. Then you'd have to get Windows Media Player or iTunes to play it. You know, there was a lot of functions you had to do to actually listen to the radio session. Now, again, it works, I suppose, maybe from a diaspora point of view. Um, but just as a kind of a commercial thing, I'm I'm really still figuring it out. You know, and I suppose internet radio. I don't know if it's taken off worldwide either. Like I know a lot of FM radio stations broadcast online, but. Well, yeah. I'm I'm finding the same challenge. I mean, there's a there's a yeah. couple stations that I would like to listen to, but I have the same thing. Well, we're not supporting that format yet. Where we're going to yeah. get to it, and in all these kinds of things that you know, whereas uh, you know, if it's an iTunes thing, you, you just hit the link and you're there. Um, yeah. So, so I think maybe they have some growing pains still or something. I'm not really sure, but um, yeah. but but it's still nice to have the format. And speaking of podcasts, it's like all I don't know about over you know in Europe, but. Uh, 2015. I understand all the cars coming off of the line now are ha- are podcast friendly. They're set up with, here's yeah. the button, push your podcast, and you're in. You know. Absolutely. Hey, tell me, Brian, where did you grow up? 
Uh, I grew up in a town called Carlo, Carlo Town. It's about like one hour from Dublin, the capital city of Ireland. Um, okay. So yeah, we're, it's, it's a nice place. It's a small enough town. Um, difficult enough to start off in music-wise. Uh, even Ireland in general, uh, Kevin, and the reason is the marketplace is just so small, you know. Right. But uh, I suppose it's a, great, it's a great country to live in. Obviously, times right now are quite tough, but uh, leaving the financial thing aside, it's it's one of the, I'd say, one of the best countries in Europe or even in the world to live in. But uh, just from a career point of view, it is quite challenging because, you know, there's only like four million people here. So it's actually, you know, right now I'm kind of setting my sights further afield, Los Angeles, New York kind of thing. You know yourself, America is like the, the place to be for music. So um, Right. I'm setting my yeah. sights on Dublin. All right, okay. No, I got to say, I, I'm going because of the pubs. Come on now. I mean, you know, you got to have a little pub in you, right? So, uh, so hey, give me, give me the, give me the, um, uh, the situation for your favorite style of music right now in this year of 2015. I know you're, you were really drawn to that 80s period and that kind of hooked you in. But like for you right now, like what's going on with you as far as projects and so forth? What are you excited about? What are you working on? Um, well, I, just to answer your first question, Kevin, I suppose the what what I'm into right now, I'm, I'm into all kind of styles of music, but as a producer, I suppose I gravitate towards the kind of traditional classical pop and a bit of country mixed in it, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, so again, as, as you can expect, those type of genres right now, they're not in the pop genre. So again, it's you have to you know sit down and rethink strategies. But uh, country music in Ireland has taken off very well. I mean, I had a, a number one album with Derek Ryan here in the official Irish chart. So that was amazing. Uh, and Derek is an amazing, amazing artist and songwriter. So, you know, the, the genre, um, it's not that I've picked the genre. It's kind of like what happens naturally. I know you probably know yourself from playing music. You know, we can imitate all day long, but it's what comes natural, what comes from the heart, you know. Right. Um, so I suppose a mix of those too, you know, and the traditional classical pop thing, Kevin, would be more the likes of a Michael Bublé or an Andrea Bocelli, Josh Groban, all of that kind of field, you know. Right. Uh, big singers, you know, big, great voices. Um, but, you know, I've, I've been listening to, um, like I listen to proper radio stations and I love Taylor Swift's new song. Uh, style and stuff, you know. So there's great, and I suppose there's an '80s element to that type of song. But you know, I like I like great songs. You know, that's that's what it comes down to. You know, right? And just looking at you know, like you had two number one records as producer mixer with uh, "You Sleep with Angels," yeah, which was a number one Amazon yeah. download chart in Germany, 2011 and 12, and you and also with Brendan Keeley and Kathy Kelly. Correct? Yeah, Brendan. Um, Brendan's a great friend of mine. Uh, Brendan was. Uh, the musical director uh, with the Tullamore Gospel Choir, which would have been the largest um, gospel choir in Ireland for several, several years. Um, and I went to see Brendan. Uh, funny story about Brendan was I when I was going back to when I was seven and eight years of age, Kevin, uh, I was sitting on a beach in Malta. Uh, my dad had this uh, cassette player and I was listening to, you know, uh, what he was listening to. And one of the singers was Brendan Keeley and I just loved his voice, you know, so fast forward maybe 10 years later 11 years later i contacted brendan he was you know um very forthcoming and he was you know very he would help me out like if i needed any advice on you know what course i needed to pick and music and you know give me great advice in the, on the music business in general yeah um, uh-huh. so he invited me up to one of his gigs in dublin which is amazing um i think sony sony bmg set up the gig um 
and I heard this song called You Sleep With Angels. Now, he did it in the part of the show, Kevin, where you probably, again, notice yourself, uh, there's this, it's kind, of, it's kind of like an interval slash acoustic session. Right. You know, <laughs> people were going to the bar, kind of a thing. Um, but there was this song called You Sleep With Angels, and I was just like, this is an amazing song. Um, and I remember not many people were, some people were really, like, really into the song and some people just weren't you know and i was like oh this is a bit because i was trying to judge the the reaction of the audience you right, know? right um so i approached brendan about three years later when i started my degree in college uh to produce it and he was like yeah sure uh and yeah bang it went to number one the amazon download chart in germany so uh that was amazing for me um that's fantastic man i again, mean it's it goes back to what I was saying, Kevin. It was the song, like it was a hit song on the guitar with with vocal only. There was no magic bells and whistles, you know. Right. So I think that's one thing that I did learn. Like if if a song is going to be a hit, it's a hit no matter if you play it on the guitar, if it's on just a piano only, or if it's with a big production. It's right. To be a hit, you know. So. Right. There are there are great songs and there are great records, and sometimes they both coexist in the Absolutely. same format, which is which is really cool when you have the best of both worlds. Hey, um, you also were nominated as International Producer of the Year in 2013 mm -hmm. in the UK, and yeah. also nominated as International Recording Engineer of the Year um, at the Music Producers Guild Awards in two yeah. 2013. So I want to ask you about. Um, as an engineer, now, what kind of came first for you? Uh, I kind of think I know the answer, but tell us, you know, how did how did the flip happen from engineer to producer or vice versa? Um, it kind of naturally happened, Kevin, to be honest. Um, I remember when I was making the decision to go to college, the first course that I did was a two-year higher diploma, advanced diploma in engineering, because I realized that, you know, you probably need to know what the engineer is doing uh, to be a producer, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So the, te the technical aspect of making a record sometime uh, can be just as important, but it's always like the it's always seen as like the co-pilot. It's never seen as the you know the hotshot producer. But I always realized, you know, secretly a lot of the engineers. Uh, particularly mix engineers, mastering engineers, that's really where, that's what the people are hearing. They're hearing that mix, you know, and obviously the producer's getting the performances out of them, you know, uh, et cetera. But, so I decided to do, uh, to learn about engineering and do a two-year advanced diploma in that. Just, you know, just to be, not to be on the safe side, but to understand the whole process of making a record. You know, that was, that was in me. So I suppose it naturally happened then, Kevin, when I was developing my own sound. I mean, I play keyboards and piano and stuff, so... That was going to be my next question. Is yeah. that your main instrument? I, I, yeah. I, I'm yeah. just assuming you were a musician, but yeah. But okay. So, so you you appreciated very early on that it's not just the production. The production also represents the sonic value of the record and how all the, everything interacts with everything else. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so important to get that down. So you kind of you kind of worked on your your uh, engineer chops along the way, and and you just happened to flip into producer mode at some point. Yeah, um, I mean, it's all it's now it's such a gray area, uh, Kevin, because producers nowadays, if you look look at the likes of Max Martin, like these legends of pop music, like uh, Doctor Luke, all these kind of guys, Red One. They are they're a different style of producer than what would have been in the eighties. You know, a lot of producers in the eighties would have been, you know, killer musicians. Let's say the likes of a David Foster or 
you know, any of these guys that were big in the 80s and 90s, they were really serious musicians, you know. And, right. you know, I, I suppose from being influenced uh, in the 80s, I was trying to, I suppose, copy what was going on, you know. Um, and it's always good as well, just to get back to blasting the popular past, Kevin, it's always good to know what went on before I was alive too, you know, just to kind of respect and appreciate what type of industry I'm in, you know, where it came from. Right. Uh, I'm supposed to be educated. But, um, it's yeah, pretty it's hard a- to catch up on, though. I mean, because we literally have five or six decades of really, really great music. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm I'm not precluding the 20s and 30s because there were great songs then. But I mean, from the 50s on, it was very revolutionary what happened with pop music. Absolutely. It just, you know, with Les Paul, you know, going back to creating the first electric guitar and yeah. everything in between, it was just like, yes. I think, you know, for me, it was like the late 60s and early 70s, it was like, man, it was open season because nothing had been done really yet in, yeah. in that, you know, in that genre of, okay, we just need bass, guitar, and drums, and let's go yes. create something. Yeah, <laughs> so it was a, a cool. Hey, I wanted to ask you also, um, uh, you worked with uh, Lady Gaga uh, for a couple yeah, days that, there. That was amazing, yeah. So, so tell us about the Gaga experience. Was it all Gaga or was it all, you know, how well, was it? Now, now that I can actually talk about it because, you know, when, like, when you're dealing with uh, famous people, uh, there are confidentiality agreements that you to oppose. You're sworn you know, to secrecy, you know? yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, first impressions of Gaga, very nice lady, uh, introduced herself. Um, it was actually on the Born This Way session. I was kind of like, I was in college at the time, so I was kind of like a runner assistant. Uh, but yeah, it was just mind-blowing just to see it, uh, just to see her in action, her producers in action. I think it was Fernando Garibay uh, was the producer at the time. But yeah, it was an amazing session. How I actually got that session was I heard somebody talking about this uh, really big pop artist coming to... Um, come to Dublin, you know, so I, I, I cheekily asked um, the CEO of, of the college, um, who was it, and would I be able to, uh, you know, assist and, you know, just gain experience, and he was like, yeah, sure, like, it's, I can't tell you who it is right now, and I was like, yeah, cool, you like, you, you know my love of pop music, so, yeah, lo and behold, I was told the night before it was Lady Gaga, and I was just like, wow, um, and wow, not in a sense, Kevin, of like, oh, she's famous. Wow, in a sense of like, this person is really respected, and a lot of people worldwide are listening to her record. So let's see what the deal is here. You know? Um, yeah, she has like a, you know, a certain. She was amazing. Yeah, she has has this bravery and this tenacity that it's like yeah. I don't care. This is my art, and you know, like take it or leave it. When which I, you have to admire because that's really what it's all about. Yeah. Hey, um, I want to ask you about. Uh, Command Z, uh, not necessarily just blast from the past, but you mentioned it, and and anybody who uh, has a chance, if you can check out this video, it's very compelling. It's a short video, but it's Brian in his studio discussing the magnificent era of the '80s and what went on with recording techniques and so forth. And Command Z is just, um, it's just an undo or, or a quick erase. And can you yeah. just go into that and yeah, your, absolutely. you know, your take on it and how you feel about it and how it compromises uh, art in some form? Yeah. So for anybody who's listening who doesn't know what Command Z is, um, most producers nowadays use what is called a DAW, which is like a digital audio workstation. Now it's literally like a computer. You could think of it as a tape machine, but Command Z is the computer function for it to undo. So if you record something, if you don't like it, you can just get rid of it where back in the 80s, maybe that wasn't possible. Um, so yeah, it, it, um, 
I mean, the the idea of having commands nowadays, I suppose, works, but it doesn't work in in so far as nobody's making decisions really. I'd say right up until the end of a mix. Um, so again, I don't think people are paying. Uh, as much attention to detail and to quality nowadays, Kevin, as they were back in the 80s because of the limitations. Right. Or, or you could say that, you know, I've talked to many producers back then in the 80s, I got a couple of great interviews, and, you know, they were saying to me, we didn't even recognize that as a limitation. So it's kind of like, you know, they, they, that's, what, that's what they did. They just found great singers who could sing. Uh, they didn't have the likes of auto-tune. They couldn't pitch correct. They couldn't, you know, move a verse, copy a verse, all that kind of thing. Right. So when people today are, you know, saying, oh, music today is so sterile, um, I suppose that's one reason why it's sterile, you know, because it's easy to say, oh, I don't like the music of today. And But I kind of investigated why it was. But, you know, there are some great records and great songs today. You know, it's like every generation has really good songs, and really bad songs, but um, I just I we I would be very interested to uh, to see Kevin if Comanzi didn't exist today, what kind of records would be made? Probably more um, uh, pre-production would happen. Yeah, uh, it absolutely. seems like you know it's just very easy to get caught up in. Hey, we'll kind of work this out in the studio, and and uh, I, you know it's very expensive to do that too. I <laughs> you know nobody has really the time for that, but. Um, but my take on it is I've been lucky enough to be working in Nashville the last couple of years on my music. And uh, it's all pretty much, you know, my producer really prepares. Um, I really prepare like my song. So when we get down there, it's like, OK, let's go. It's all done live with with very little overdub exceptions. You know, maybe I add some vocal things and and um, and the guys, you know, lay down a track or two for overdubs. But for, for the most part, everybody plays live. And there's I think there's an advantage to um, to getting into each other's space and energies and and psyches. And when you do that, you just connect um, as as a living organism in the song. And I think there's a tremendous advantage to that, you know, um, um, I think the undo is is helpful, uh, but I see what you're saying as far as are we backing away from you know the spontaneity of the yeah. music? Yeah, absolutely. Know? So and committing to a take and saying no, that's the one, or no, I think it is a better one, and you know, I suppose depending more on your emotional uh, being as well as just looking at a computer screen and logical pro tools going, yeah, it, it seems cool, you know. Right. But the thing I want to say there, Kevin, just really quickly is. I can see why the Command Z and the Pro Tools and Logic and all of this has taken off because I think it gets rid of a lot of the cost factor. Oh, you know absolutely. I mean? You don't need to recall. You can recall a mix now where years ago to recall a mix could take an hour or two. You know, yeah, recently. what do they say? Necessity is the mother of invention. You know, it's But it's it's more like productivity is the, yeah. the mother of invention in this case because don't forget those those two-inch Studer uh, tape machines, yeah. just rewind alone would probably take up 30% of your session easily. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, we got to rewind and, and, you know, we're going to try this again. <laughs> you know, that big tape machine would wind up. But, I mean, there was a, there was a beauty in the sound of those machines, too. I mean, uh, yeah. the, the, re, the, the analog world was pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, so um, do you have that kind of equipment in your studio? Or are you pretty much... Much all um, uh, are you pretty much all uh, computer? I kind of dabble uh, between both, Kevin. Um, 
because it just really is handy to have Pro Tools yeah, and for call sure. functions, you know, and some of the plugins nowadays are just so amazing and they're really, really good now at emulating some of the outboard gear. So I'm kind of mixing between the two, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think a lot of people are doing that. I'm noticing in this country, there's a big push and a big movement back to vinyl. A lot of the yeah. uh, indie artists are saying, you know, either or, and some of them are a- a- actually saying, we're only available on vinyl. So there's a whole new discovery happening of artists uh, going back to the analog world and saying, wow, we kind of missed this. And we're, we're start, you know, I've been a big proponent of, of getting on my soapbox saying, stop listening to MP3s because you're missing, you know, 30 or 40% of the music, you know. Um, and a lot of people are, are picking up on that just by way of, hey, you know what? There's really the full spectrum is available to us. Why not listen to real music again? Yeah. You know, Absolutely. instead of and earbuds. You, you see that type of innovation, I suppose, coming from Beats music, from Jimmy Iovine, um, of Interscope. Right. I suppose as well, like, the fact that, you know, I like, I don't know the inner workings of why, like, let, I'm kind of going off topic here, but why Sony music never saw Napster as something really good instead of trying to shut it down. So I suppose Sony uh, manufacturing um would like the idea maybe of vinyl coming back because it just you know they can say to their 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 manufacturing plant okay let's start manufacturing vinyl players well, again I think what Probably. it would do it, it was it would give the whole industry another boost because there's a whole another marketing uh, tool opening up again you know yeah. like and there's this sense now of um, you know listening to the the full spectrum of all frequencies you know particularly with, mu- with beats music um, yes it. It is a huge commercial project, a product too, but I think people are, you know, even with Apple Music, even what Jay Z is trying to do with Tidal and have it, you know, maybe as a higher fidelity and stuff like that. You know, people are trying to think now of uh, ways to, you know, let the consumer hear what the producers are hearing in the studio. You know, right. It's- Right. It seems to be on the conscious of everybody, you know. Yeah, there's another just to wrap this 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 section up. Uh, Neil Young is another one who has been at the forefront of just you know he's been saying for a long time, uh, let's get rid of the MP3s because it is it is very disrespectful to you know artists such as you know him, me, you, like anybody who puts their blood, sweat, and tears into creating you know not only beautiful songs but a great sonic landscape and then it's compromised by having dirt all over the frame you know (laughs) it's essentially what it is hey so so tell me what um what do you um what do you like to listen to for your own personal uh like favorites like what genres are you interested in like if you're just chilling out you want some downtime what do you like to listen to um, I suppose it varies in the time of day, really, Kevin. Um, and I suppose you could be like that too. And a lot of um, musicians who are very creative and emotionally driven, it depends on really how I'm feeling. Um, but let's say, for example, last night, um, I was thinking about the interview and you know things like that, just kind of generally preparing. Um, but I was listening to uh, a guy called Chris Boaty. He's like, I think he's out there in California. Yes. Uh, he's like a trumpet player. I know him, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know him personally, really cool but I, I know his yeah. work. Yes. Yeah, he's he's really cool. Um, other than that, uh, like a big idol of mine is David Foster. I've mentioned him already in Humberto Gatica. So I keep listening to their records to go, how can I make it sound like this in, in 2015? Right. You know? So I do a lot of that too. Um, 
what else? I, some, some classical music. Um, I see what's going on in the chart as well, and just to you know keep tabs on what what the consumers listen to. Um, can you give me um? Can you give me a snapshot of like your favorite artists in the UK or in Ireland? Like just in in that proximity of the world, like who's yeah. who's like happening over there right now? That like I got one for you. Who would you really like to work with? Okay, you know, uh, east, west, north, south, wherever. Who would who who would be your favorite person to to produce right now? Uh, I would love to work with uh, a mix between Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift. Wow. Uh, uh, something there's some kind of and again Kevin you're in Nashville the home of country music worldwide if you listen to Ed Sheeran's records there's a there's a vibe going on there that's kind of rootsy and countryish, you know and yeah same with Taylor Swift coming from a country background yeah so, I, but just for the record I, I live in New Jersey I don't live in Nashville because uh but I've been lucky enough to uh to yeah. develop a whole uh, family, if you will, down there of musical wizards. So I'm lucky enough to go back and forth. So I'm, I'm really close to New York City. Um, but yeah, that's a great combination. Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift, two unbelievable writers. Uh, another uh, artist who I really admire is uh, Michael Bublé. I know he's over more in the States. Yeah. Um, Josh Groban, that kind of vibe. You know, I, I love great singers, Kevin. I just love great singers. You know, I, I put I, that I, on like uh, when I'm listening to just my chill time, I put on that and I listen to them with Pavarotti and people yeah. like that because there's so much to learn from, like you yeah. said, a great singer. It's very inspirational. Like uh, Celine Dion is another one who is just like in another, yes. you know, she's like in the Whitney Houston world, you know. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, just don't see those singers anymore, Kevin. Maybe with Adele, and this new artist in the UK, Sam Smith. Oh yes, yes. You know, that kind of vibe is—it's coming back. Um, but yeah, it's—it's it's hard to—it's um, hard to see or hear many great singers nowadays. You know, um, it really is. It's—it's um, it's more like uh, you know, there are more stylists out there. Yeah. You know, I consider myself more of a stylist than a, you know. I'm not really a formal singer. I'm a, more of a uh, like uh, Frank Sinatra used to call himself yeah. a saloon singer, and yeah. I, I'm probably yeah. I'm probably better known as that. Hey, um, so projects we're looking for so i'm gonna call ed sheeran and taylor swift and get them set up for you okay okay so excellent. that'd be yeah hey tell tell us all about ireland in general man like for people who haven't been over like um you know tell us tell us like what's a typical day in the life in ireland is it you know after we go to a show everybody goes to the pub what goes on over there tell us a little um, bit in general you know yeah, the, the stereotype of the Irishman in the pub is true, but it's not it's not a fair representation of the whole population. No, not at all. Ireland right now is it's in a very uh, I wouldn't say depressed mode, but it, there's a lot of financial difficulties going on here, and still uh, still to this day. So I wouldn't say the general mood of the Irish of the general Irish person is great. Okay, um, but you know we. We strive when in adversity. Uh, we're we're always known for being better as the underdog. So I'm sure we'll come through this. I'm just painting a picture, really, of of the general socio-economic kind of landscape of Ireland. But okay, um, again, it's it's very small country, Kevin. So right. um, a lot of the action in terms of music definitely goes on in Dublin, maybe down in Cork. Uh, there's a lot of the Irish traditional music uh, is is still alive, particularly in the west coast of Ireland. Okay. Um, but yeah, a general day in Ireland is it's a pretty chilled place. It's a very peaceful place. It's a it's definitely a place for where a lot of uh huge celebrity stars come over because the Irish person doesn't actually 
they don't they're not phased by fame or they don't you know they, they don't deny people who are famous essentially so right it's a kind of a, yeah it's a very chill place and it's um ireland has a, a great reputation kevin for serious songwriters we just have the most fantastic ability to tell a story here in ireland it's just something in you know in us yes Um, indeed and maybe that comes from you know being in the pub and talking for hours and you know maybe that's where it comes from well i think i think you hit the nail on the head with that because you know one of the uh the great arts that seems to have lost its uh its zeal over time is great storytelling because uh technology has kind of put that on the back burner um you know people just they don't have conversations. They text. They, you know, they email. Yeah. Uh, they IM. They do all yeah. these things to avoid, you know, like you know, two people on a subway. Rather than talking to each other, they're both all over their phones, probably yeah. texting about nothing. But it's, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like I'm afraid to go out of myself. So in some ways, technology, you know, it's a double-edged sword. It's great to have. It's convenient, but it's also taking us away from human interactions. You know. Yeah, I, I like Ireland, I suppose, has progressed a lot in the last few years, but maybe to its detriment, too, in terms of maybe we've lost our identity a little bit, Kevin, as well. And you might see that coming from the States, maybe not, like, but Ireland, it's kind of, it's more of a European country now than an Irish country, if you get me. Yeah, you know? oh, um, for sure. Was, yeah, the world's getting smaller yeah. all the time. Hey, how about the gig scene, Brian? Um, like, for people who, um, for musicians in Ireland who are playing out, um, do they do they trek over to London and, uh, you know, are they able to make more of a living there or is it a combination or what's going on with that, that whole scene? Um, yeah, the live scene in Ireland, I'd say it's, it's, um, it's doing quite well, particularly again in Dublin, Kevin. Um, but yeah, if a lot of, you see a lot of Irish bands like Codaline and all these great bands, you know, they're a lot, they're moving to London really, uh, to get their start and get their break. And, you know, um, I, like I, I, for one, if I was advising an artist, I wouldn't tell him to sign to an Irish record company. Okay, and that's the honest truth because it's just it's kind of a means to an end, really. Um, because the marketplace is just so small, and you see a lot of these bands, they're doing that. They're going over to the likes of RCA and Psycho Music and all these uh, bigger international labels. Um, so I suppose like the live scene, yeah, it's, it's pretty big. It's, there's a lot, there's a great indie scene up in Dublin, the Sugar Club and Whelan's and all these type of places. But, um, s- some of the difficulties that the, the new artists, cause I've worked with a lot of up and coming artists is radio play. And again, I, you know, we could go on for years about how to get your song on the radio and all the things that, um, need to happen. So, so, so do like, you feel like it's almost better to go with uh, just being an independent and work your own groove rather than being tied up to a label that's not going to help you? You see, there's that argument too. Um, it's a difficult one because it's all got to do with what the artist wants themselves, right. you know, and what yeah. the band wants and the genre of music. Sure. Um, because that is true. Like if you sign with a major label, unless you your first album is successful or relatively relatively successful, uh, you probably will be dropped, and that such is the nature of the business. But um, that is a difficult one. I, I never really advise a, an artist to say, "I think you should sign with this artist." I think you should do that. What I would say is, I'd give them both kind of. I'd paint both pictures and see what what you know, because ultimately it's their art. They have to, right? They have to perform, you know. Um, but you're right there, there, Kevin. It, it is difficult to uh, because you know people can say, "Oh, you know, should put up your songs on YouTube and you know, you know, get them out there," but unless you have the backing of a major label, 
like realistically you'll probably never be noticed in that kind of famous way you know right right or you might get the support of a of a radio station because you're not with a major label yeah you know? so I, I think it's, you're it's right a, it's a difficult one you know yeah the the major labels um they 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 suffered a crushing blow back in you know 2008 2009 but they're still around they've you know they've kind of risen from the ashes and they still know how to do what they know how to do better than anybody else that's their business hey um so projects um Going forward, now you have, I didn't mention this earlier and I apologize, but the name of your company is Brightest Star Entertainment Group, which is B-R-Y-T-E-S-T-A-R, Entertainment Group. And and that is basically the umbrella of all the functions of everything that you do is under that? Yeah, absolutely. It's Bright Star uh, Entertainment Group. and Oh, Bright Star, uh, okay. Bright Star, yeah. It's a kind of... It's a it's a venture that I set up here in Ireland, Kevin, and again going forward, so I can bring the likes of uh, that kind of uh, venture to the likes of Los Angeles and develop it from there. You know, because ultimately, I think for me, I'd love to get to the point of where Max Martin got to or any of these top producers. But again, I recognise that's uh, you know it's it's a work in progress. Um, I think I can do it, and you know, it's just it's just great to be able to come into my studio every day and you know play essentially you know right as right as a job but uh yeah i think bringing that kind of that's why i set it up kevin just to give myself something to work towards and bring that brand essentially you know to the world stage hopefully right i mean i i really was i was so glad you reached out to me when i sent you the invitation because i immediately got when i saw your video on you know um what you what you did with you know blast yeah. from the past uh I, I could tell your skill level was phenomenal. Um, just sure. just by virtue of all of the things you mentioned, that you're kind of like um, you're not only up on today's work, but you had the the good sense to go back and say, hey, what was hot back when, and all the equipment and and uh, and if you anybody gets a chance to check that out, um, just uh, Google uh, Brian Shiel. And write in Blast from the Past. Um, it's a video that's up on YouTube, and it's really, really great. And give me the best website for, um, as we're winding down here, Brian, for people yeah. to reach out for you. Um, it Would it be, which one would it be? Yeah, they can get me on brightstarproductions.com. So B-R-Y-T-E-S-T-A-R productions, all one word, dot com. Okay, so um, you can reach the Brian there. And yeah. tell me, give me your... Um, like, what are you looking for as far as you're always on the hunt for projects, I'm sure. But if yeah. somebody's coming to you, like, are you open to pretty much anything? You're open to artists, you're open to investment, you're open to projects, open. movies. Can you give me some specifics on, on what would be your favorite sweet spot for Brian? I, I love great songs, Kevin. Um, okay. It all starts from great songs. Um, I also work uh, here in Carlo in a theater. So, you know, I've been working there for the last six and a half years. So I have a kind of theater background as well, that kind of live uh, production. Um, but also, I'm also working on a musical at the minute. I can't really say too much about it. So I'm kind of, that's another thing that whoever's listening to this uh, podcast is, if they're starting off in music, don't just limit yourself to being a producer or an engineer. It, it's a kind of, it's an entertainment right faculty i suppose now you know yeah um, so again that's why i set up the bright star entertainment group so you know i can kind of future proof it if i come across anything so i used to write music articles here in ireland and things like that you know so it's it's i think starting off and you know 
I suppose like in my career I'm I'm kind of midway I suppose to being there you know but again it's it's difficult enough to maintain all aspects as you you know as you climb the ladder essentially right so I'm kind of you know I'm kind of really focused on production and engineering and mixing that's kind of my my thing but um yeah but, I, but I get the sense that you're enjoying the journey oh absolutely yeah, yeah and that, that's what it's yeah. all about isn't absolutely. it yeah. yeah, there are days though that it's very frustrating and disheartening. Like it's not, it's not all, it's not all about the uh, you know the big desk and the you know the celebrities and all the money that you can get from it. There are days that are very, they're very tough, you know. Right. Uh, and I, another thing in this industry, again, anybody who's in it will probably know about this, or anyone who's learning about it or wants to get into it, dealing with rejection, I think, is key. Um, to being successful. It's one of the key ingredients, how you deal with it, how you talk to yourself um, about rejection and, you know, just moving forward and believing in yourself, you know. Um, right. I could tell you many funny stories about what record executives have taught me and you'd go to a different one and it'd be, be the complete opposite. So it's kind of, you know, you start to learn that the industry is not, um, it's, you know, it's, you know this yourself, Kevin, it's a, it's a it's a pretty strange industry if you actually you know step outside and look at from the commercial point of view. Where if you are an accountant or if you are I don't know a teacher, right? Those are those careers are pretty straightforward. Where if you look at music again, and I'll go back to what I said before, it's all based on the song. The whole career, the whole investment, the whole commercial thing is based on I love that song. Right. You know? That's what the that's what the public are going to say. You know, um, I love your song by whoever. It makes me feel. You yeah, know? I agree. Uh, it com it comes down. It always comes down to the writing because I do interview film people, and film and music are almost the same challenges. It's the same thing. It's very very difficult. A lot of competition, and it all comes back to what is the product. You mm -hmm. know what what's our foundation? So yeah. so you're right, and that's that's great counsel for people. Look, what you mentioned earlier, which is you know keep your your options open and learn all you can because I think that's really really valuable. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. So winding down here, Brian Shield, it has been my privilege and pleasure to uh, walk down this little road together. And I, I tell you, really great, great information. Anybody who gets a chance, stop by and visit Brian at his website, as we've mentioned uh, earlier. And uh, Brian, I want to thank you so much for being part of Dharmic Evolution. I had a great time today, and uh, I look forward to chatting you up real soon maybe we can do this again and, and get into chapter yeah. two someday <laughs> absolutely chapter two see where we are down this avenue in a few years time or next yeah year. after i get uh, ed and taylor into your studio we'll, oh, we'll yeah. chat we'll have coffee and then Let's we'll go it. out for a, a, a fosters or something Let's do it. i'll produce them and i'll make them tea i'll do it the irish <laughs> <way>. <laughs> there you go listen kevin thank you so much for the opportunity i really appreciate it my pleasure brian Cheers. thanks good buddy thank you well, there we go. That was a really fun trip to Ireland. I learned so much about what's going on over there, about Brian's techniques, his website, all of his uh, accolades and accomplishments. Keep your eye on Brian Shield and Bright Star Productions. Uh, a fine young man doing it right, making a difference in the entertainment community. I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio video artist, and master storyteller for the Dharmic Evolution. Thanks for stopping by today. And I'll see you on the socials. I'll see you from the stage. <laughs> <laughs>